Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hi, and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm David Harvey. I'm a Senior Investment Analyst at Wealth Within. I read with interest the other day um, that the banks have actually carried out a survey in terms of their, their risks and the way they perceive life. And it was carried out by, um, I think it was Cooper's, no, it was Price uh, Waterhouse. And uh, they've taken a, a survey of banks all around the world. And isn't it very interesting how, I'm sure if this survey was taken uh, a year ago, we might have had a different lead on this. But guess what they, they perceive now as being their number one risk? And that, that risk is political interference. And in some ways, it's, it's, it's really quite ironic that they would uh, choose to put political interference as, as, one, as their risk. I suppose in some ways that is understandable, but nonetheless that uh, what's happened over this last couple of years is that it really has been political influence and, of course, our money, our taxpayers' money, that's actually saved the banks from uh, probably a much worse situation than, than they're in at the moment. And so therefore I would have thought that they would have put there as uh, politics as being a number one benefit. But perhaps um, you can understand it from their perspective that um, like in the United States at the moment with Obama saying, well, he's going to do one thing and then he does another, or he changes his mind on something which then changes the way that they have to run their business. And so that sort of causes them to take into account what um, our leaders, political leaders might be thinking rather than what's in the, in the best or the commercial interest of the organisation. And it creates therefore some uncertainty about whether certain support is going to be withdrawn or not. But nonetheless, I suppose that implies that the banks probably couldn't uh, work at the moment without our money in there supporting them. In Australia, there's, there's not a lot of money, but nonetheless, that what they have done is that they've actually received a lot of support through the, the uh, guarantee on funds. So that comes, uh, that comes as, a, as a liability to the government. And I, as I've said on a couple of times in the past, is that the uh, thing that the banks aren't doing then, of course, is handing that money on to, uh, say, property developers so that they can create more property and therefore lower prices. Or, say, for example, with supporting small business. And I think that there are areas that the banks ought to be, be, be getting themselves interested in. But nonetheless, it was quite, I think it's quite interesting that they've picked politics. And I suspect that if the banks had actually been regulating themselves a bit better in terms of their corporate governance, that there wouldn't have been the need for the regulation now that politicians are thinking needs to be introduced. And I think that uh, I agree that having too much regulation is going to be a bit of a nuisance. It, it causes, um, I guess, procedural issues. It causes, and therefore, you have to have people around um, managing the regulations. And therefore, it puts more expense on it and means that uh, things can't move as smoothly. But nonetheless, that I think that the banks probably have shown over the last few years that maybe they do need to be a bit more regulated or maybe there have to be different benchmarks set for the banks so that they can actually in the main regulate themselves, but they have to sort of work within certain particular benchmarks. And not being a banker, I'm not sure exactly what they'd be. I've come from more from a management background, but nonetheless that I would have thought that there's going to be some benchmarks that they must meet in terms of their their governance requirements, or maybe it gets down to, I think that where they got themselves into trouble over the last few years is lending too much money, probably too much leverage, and probably lending to the wrong people. And the the reason the banks felt compelled to do that was through competitive pressure, and then people getting huge bonuses for making those sorts of lends. So they're the sort of things that cause that moral 
I suppose, moral hazard within the banking sector where you have people who are going to get rewarded uh, on what they on what they lend rather than the quality of their lend. And so I think they're the sorts of issues that perhaps they need to be uh, focusing on. But nonetheless, that the other things that they talked about was that liquidity, and I think that uh, I can understand that liquidity might be a bit of an issue for them moving forward in that with all of this global financial crisis over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of having to shore up balance sheets, and that requires a lot of cash. Um, the people are not wanting to, businesses are not wanting to leverage as much, not wanting to take as much risk, some of the bigger ones. And so therefore, there's less um, liquidity or money to be lent out. And so that's a, an understandable thing. And really, banks are there to provide liquidity for us to uh, run our businesses. So that was uh, a pretty, pretty interesting thing. And I thought you might just like to uh, know about that. I think uh, another thing that banks would have at the moment is, uh, and I've touched on this on a couple of other um, podcasts, and that is the credit risk. And at the moment, um, because the banks aren't lending as much, that means that some people are unemployed, unemployed, um, and therefore their credit, um, they won't be able to meet the payments on. And that can relate to, uh, I don't know, any any sort of, uh, there's a broad spectrum of people right from the workers through to small business, um, those sort of areas that uh, must be representing a bit of a risk on the uh, bank's balance sheets at the moment. But anyway, um, this is all ahead of us and uh, I think 2010 is going to shape up to be a fairly, I suppose, tough year again and with a bit of volatility we're probably going to see the market fall away a bit, uh, probably maybe towards maybe towards the end of March we, we could see that happen. Um, but at the moment we're at a very interesting phase on the, on the all odds and that is right now this could be the uh, the start of the move down into a yearly low. But we're suspecting still that um, we've still got a little bit more upside before we pull down in, into that low. But anyway, we always, as we always do, we just get the market to tell us uh, what it's doing and then we respond accordingly. Anyway, I thought you'd like to know about the banks, a little bit about the All Lords and what might be happening over the next little while. And uh, I hope you're having a great week. This is David Harvey signing off from Talking Wealth and I look forward to catching you again next time. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 Share Trade.